0: Hey y'all, this is Lauren. And this is Heather. Welcome to The The More More Y'all Know. Each week we'll bring y'all at least one episode to hopefully give you some information you don't know already. (laughs) I'll just flag that and go back later.
1: Uh, We'll do everything from murders to interesting historical facts to oddities from around the world. So
0: y'all sit back, relax, and have a drink with us as we discuss this week's topic.
1: This week's episode is our first-ever episode. We're going to take you to one of our home state's most infamous unsolved murders, the Houston Lovers Lane Murders of Cheryl Henry and Andy Atkinson.
0: So, uh, we'll just go ahead and dive on in and and get started on this. Uh, We are going back to August of 1990. Uh, Cheryl Henry and Andy Atkinson lived in Houston, Texas. During the summer of 1990, 21-year-old Andy and 22-year-old Cheryl met through friends at a local liquor store, Yucatan Liquor. Is that Yucatan or Yucatan?
1: I don't I honestly don't think it. I say Yucatan. Yeah, I say Yucatan.
0: Yucatan. Yeah. Okay, well we'll say that. Yucatan Liquor. Cheryl was home for summer break from Stephen F Austin State University. She was known as a quote blonde bombshell. She had a contagious laugh and was just an all-around, fun-loving college student.
1: First of all, I've seen photos of both of these guys, and they're both gorgeous. She is absolutely a blonde bombshell. Yeah. Um, she also was the oldest of six kids and was home that summer working at a doctor's office. Oh,
0: like, like An eye uh, doctor. An eye, eye doctor. doctor? Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so Wait. She, she was working? I thought they met at the liquor store.
1: Uh, they actually met through one of Cheryl's friends who was dating a guy who worked with Andy at the liquor store.
0: Oh, uh, Okay, that makes sense. Okay, well, just days away from Andy's 22nd birthday, uh, he had recently moved home from North Carolina after finishing college. He was an aspiring model with a smile his mom once said you couldn't forget and piercing green eyes. According to Cheryl's sister, Meredith, Cheryl's eyes lit up when she first met Andy. She thought he was amazing inside and out. She thought he had a great smile, but that his mind was also great.
1: They really are a very good-looking couple.
0: That's awesome. I wish I was. (laughs) Anyway, not to bring light to this, but around late July, the two started dating. Soon, they became inseparable. So, on the evening of August 21st, 1990, the young couple had planned a double date with Cheryl's younger sister, Shane. Um, Around 11.30pm, the two couples went their separate ways. Cheryl and Shane kissed each other goodnight, and Shane told her sister, I love you, like they always did. Unfortunately, that would be the last time the two sisters saw each other alive.
1: That's so sad.
0: Don't you have it in your notes, um, where they were that night, whenever they separated at
1: 1130? Uh, I might have it somewhere, but I would have to, um, look in it and see. Uh, I think they were at a, a club, Yeah, I, I don't remember. I it ended okay. in Mama. I don't yeah, remember look the name up. of the club.
0: Okay. So, Heather's gonna look that up while I keep going. So, um, so yeah, that was the last time they ever saw each other alive. So the next morning, um, now we're at August 22nd of 1990, Shane noticed her sister never came home. Um, and Andy's parents were also worried because he never showed up, uh, home either. Both families contacted the police early that morning. Um, on the evening of either August 22nd or August 23rd, uh, we have both dates listed in multiple sources when we were doing our research, so I'm not sure exactly which date it is, uh, but it was either the 22nd or the 23rd, a Houston police officer located Andy's white Honda Civic after a guard who was doing a sweep of an industrial area called it in.
1: Yeah, I was looking up, uh, photos actually, like the crime scenes and stuff, I didn't find anything, uh, too gory. But uh, I did find a, a picture of the old the old two-door Civic. It was just a two-door, little bitty, like, I don't even know how you'd take that to a lover's lane.
0: How do you do some, like, necking in that little two-door right. car?
1: Right, it was Because so that's what they little. did back then, right? It was called necking. necking. They did, like, petting. Petting, and, yeah. And kissing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Okay, we'll have to post that um, once we get our Facebook yep. up and running. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, so yeah, that little white Honda Civic was parked in a cul de sac that was undeveloped at the time on Enclave Round in West Houston.
1: I actually have photos of that too. The cul de sac is now like it used to be a completely kind of open field with some, some trees like skirting the edges. Yeah. But, uh, now it's actually like a parking lot and corporate offices. Huh. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Imagine. Working in an office where this like unsolved murder happened. I wonder if they even know. Oh, that how can you not? Like, it's like especially Houston's like biggest crime.
1: Yeah, but if you're like marketing the area, you're like, hey, for sale, murder's here. Murder's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that,
0: well, yeah. I'm sure
1: you'd sell that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, so yeah, they were parked at that cul de sac. Uh, when police approached the vehicle, um, they could see that the keys were still in the ignition with the windows rolled down. There was a cassette tape in the dash. So I'm guessing with the keys in the ignition and the cassette tape in the dash, I'm guessing they kind of left it just, like, in the on position to listen to music while they yeah, were you sitting have, like, in the Yeah,
1: like, some mood music. Like, yeah. was it Marvin Gaye or... You know, yeah. What was it? Like,
0: Whitney Houston.
1: was popular in the 90s. Insync. Is that 2000s? Well, no, maybe this maybe was
0: in 90s. That... Yeah, so InSync came wow. later in the 90s. So, like, Poison. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, Every yeah.
1: rose has its <laughs> <throat>
0: Um, Okay, so yeah, there was a cassette tape in the dash. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't know what it was. (laughs) The seats were reclined, and there was a woman's shoes and purse on the floorboard of the passenger side. But, worst of all, there were signs of fresh blood in the car. Um, So, police ran a computer check of the license plate, and when it came back as belonging to a missing person, they brought in a tracking dog to search the surrounding woods. Um, So keep in mind, this is still on the evening of either the 22nd or 23rd. We're Mm -hmm. not sure. Um, But it's the same evening they found the car. Um, Just before midnight, the dog led police to Cheryl's body, uh, which was about 200 yards away from the car, face down under some rotting cedar fence boards. Her throat had been slashed three times. Um, The killer had used hemp rope to bound her hands behind her. And her clothes, which were found nearby, had been cut from her body, most likely uh, with the same knife that was used to cut her throat. Uh, while she'd been brutally raped, her killer did leave behind DNA that was able to help clear multiple people and link other cases to the same perk. Uh,
1: yeah, it was actually kind of weird. The killer left. I don't know. I didn't read where, if, he, if he got him from Andy's vehicle or if he brought him himself. But he left a, a golf club and, like, three balls pointing in the direction of her body.
0: Like, almost like he was trying to, like, and point it out? he wanted people to
1: know, like, this is what I did or something. Yeah, I like, don't know.
0: leading people to her. Yeah, it seemed kind of hmm. weird. Okay. Well, I read that there was also a $20 bill found close to her, uh, but that it hasn't really proved to be of any importance or link in the case. <laughs> just kind of an odd coincidence at this point. Um, but... Uh, darkness ended up temporarily pausing the search for andy's body because keep in mind
1: no it doesn't really make sense to me because if they called like they found her at midnight it was already dark
0: yeah i'm so guessing they
1: continue to search for him but
0: I maybe mean, it was just getting too dark because they found her around midnight so maybe they had like been searching found her around midnight and then they're like okay look we found a body we know unfortunately this is probably what happened let's call it a night yes yeah i mean which still isn't right because what if he was still alive at that point like I mean, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, but what if he did? What if he's like on the run at this point? Because he's the one that did it. Yeah. But but anyway. Anyway. So, um, yeah. So the darkness temporarily paused the search for Andy's body. Um, The Houston Police Department put an officer on watch over the area until morning when they could get back out to search uh, more, look for his body. So the next morning. uh, So now we're looking at the morning of either August 23rd or the 24th. uh, Police quickly found the body of Andy Atkinson. He was located roughly a hundred yards from Cheryl Henry. Uh, Unlike Cheryl, Andy was still fully clothed, but his hands were tied behind his back with similar rope to Cheryl's and his throat had also been slashed like Cheryl's. Uh,
1: Yeah, Andy was actually almost decapitated. His throat was slashed so deeply. Uh, He was also seated with his back against a tree trunk. And some uh, some sources say he may have been tied to the tree, but we couldn't find anything to definitively support that statement. So we some said he was, some said he wasn't. We don't want to make.
0: But we know his hands were tied behind his back. We just don't know if he was tied to the tree itself. Uh, He
1: also had a watch and money with him still, so they don't think that robbery was like the main motive behind the killings.
0: So okay, so. Cheryl's throat was slashed three times, but Andy's was just slashed once, but like so deep, he was almost decapitated. And I actually
1: read a thing that said that it was slashed from right to left, which, which may, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Which may indicate that it was a left-handed person
0: that oh. that killed
1: them instead of because normally if you're right-handed, you're going to go from the left side to, to the, the, the right, right side. You know? Yeah, but they said hmm. that it looked like it may have been right to left, so it may be a left-handed, Maybe a left-handed
0: person. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, um, investigators
0: surmised, uh, I'm not sure exactly how they came to this conclusion, but, um, they surmised that Andy actually allowed the killer to tie him to the tree or tie him up near the tree, whatever the case may be. Um, they believe that Cheryl was killed first and Andy most likely, um, a little trigger warning, uh, had to listen to her scream and being murdered. That's he, awful. Yeah, absolutely awful, awful. Um, especially with like how quick they hit it off, like well, yeah, they you hadn't were, been like, on a million love,
1: and, right? You hadn't been on a million dates, but still, even even somebody I I met in H-E-B, say God forbid, were, you know, kidnapped at the same time. I just met you, but I don't want to listen to you being. Well, no, right next yeah, to me. exactly, because that's definitely going to make me think like I'm next. Well,
0: see, and that's what it is. Mm. He most likely realized that he was going to be next, and there was nothing he could do about it. Ugh when Andy's dad, uh, Garland Atkinson, heard all this, he said, "quote, that's hard to accept. I can yeah. only imagine. I have two children and pregnant with a third and I cannot imagine having to hear what my kids last moments were like if that's what they were like."
1: Well, and like, you know, times have changed a little bit, but early 90s, that means you grew up in the 80s and the 70s yeah. and stuff and things were different and you were a man and you protected your wife oh, and you yeah. were the man of the house and you did And stuff like this
0: just didn't happen. I mean, that was the days where, you know, growing up, we were able to get on our bike and, you know, ride our bike to the convenience store at the end of the street. And you ride your bike two miles down the road to go to a friend's house. And, like, stuff like this just didn't happen. Absolutely. So, within the first few months, um, investigators had chased hundreds of leads. Out of those hundreds of leads, only a handful of potential suspects were identified. One by one, though, they were all cleared through the DNA left uh, from the killer by raping Cheryl. Which is crazy to think that, like, they were able to actually say that, because I don't think they were actually able to do, like, full-on DNA profiling yet, were they? In the 90s? When did that come out?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think it was as... as
0: Like, high-tech as as today? As high-tech as it
1: is today, but I think they they were able to... Yeah, I think they were able to. Yeah, I guess,
0: like, even back in, like, the 70s, they were saving because they could at least get your blood type from it (laughs) to narrow people out from that. Male, female, you know, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, within the first um, few months, they had chased those hundreds of leads, uh, but one by one, they were all cleared. So, in March of 2001, while the case was getting no publicity... And mind you, this is over 10 years later from, you know, the date the murders happened. A letter was sent to investigators with the Houston Police Department.
1: Uh, yeah, the letter actually said, if you want to know who killed C. Henry and A. Atkinson, which I think is weird that they only want to use their last names, yeah. but uh, it will cost you $100,000. Um,
0: the note also told investigators to reply with an ad in the classified section of the Houston Chronicle on March 12th. So, like, they couldn't just write back, they couldn't, you know, put it in the paper on any other day the the uh, author of the letter wanted them to put it in the Houston Chronicle on the 12th as a classified ad.
1: Super mysterious and sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> um it also warned investigators that quote a lawyer will be hired to make sure you play straight. Um imagine like
1: How do you contact a lawyer for that? Like, "Hey, listen, I don't want to know, tell you who I am. Don't tell the But cops you got to play who straight either. But I need to pay you so that you can draw up some contract with the Houston Police yeah. Department. So that well, and, like, imagine,
0: like, getting your morning newspaper on March 12th of 2001 right. and just, like, casually reading through the classified section, and all of a sudden there's, like, correspondence from what might be a killer and the well, police. Well, yeah, but if you think
1: about it, like, they <laughs> might not have... The police responded, but they might not have necessarily, like, put in... The original. Content. They didn't. So yeah, you would they have kept to that like private. those those like again older people who like read the paper every single day like Are you they calling would, me old. Shut up. They would be the ones that would see like this correspondence and like. What the heck? Like, yeah. you just Well, but like you said, I guess because
0: they didn't, and I know that they didn't. I'll get into like some of that here in a minute. Um, they didn't put anything in there about what was in the letter, so I guess you might not really know because like. All it says... Here, let me keep on going, and I'll tell yeah. you like what, the, what they wrote. Um, so, um, like the author of the note instructed, they did place the ad on March 12, 2001, um, and it said, quote, we do want to know what you know about Henry and Atkinson. And then uh, they gave a number for the author of the note or a lawyer to be able to contact investigators, quote, with directions on playing straight.
1: Yeah, because what does that even mean, playing straight? Just like, don't lie, don't mess around, like, I'm being serious. Yeah, like, whenever you give
0: me the money, you can't be, like, staking it out. Like, yeah. So that's what they wanted, directions. Um, But, so that right there, like if that's all you were to read is just we do want to know what you know about Henry Atkinson, unless you knew exactly about those murders, like that would just be like, What are you talking about you wanna know? Like yeah, it wouldn't at make that any point, sense.
1: I mean, realistically the headline would have been, you know, like Lover's Lane Mur like we see all of yeah. the air, Lovers Lane murder they may have mentioned the person once or twice, or the people, once yeah. or twice in the article, but unless you read the entire article and, like...
0: You've been following it and really know yeah, about it. Yeah, committed it
1: to memory, you wouldn't yeah. necessarily remember. Yeah, because, like,
0: yeah. I remember different murders that we've heard about in the news here lately and stuff like that, but I couldn't tell you their name. I, I can tell you kind of what happened, where they are, stuff like that, but I'm not right. going to remember their name. Yeah. Um, so, for years, investigators kept the note, like, quote, under wraps to see if they could get a response from the author. Um, when it was made clear that the author probably was never going to contact the police again uh, because nothing came from that ad. Nothing, there was no contact, nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So once they, uh, it was kind of made clear that they probably weren't going to contact the police again, they decided to make the note public in hopes of someone recognizing the writing or the language um, or really anything like in the note that might... Now that's lead them something to that's come
1: a long way since then. Like DNA, I mean, obviously it has come a long way, but like linguistics and that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, and even like handwriting matching. Yeah, like, hand- handwriting analysis. Yeah, handwriting analysis. That, that has come a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and so, um, in 2002, problems began unfolding within Houston Police Department's DNA lab, and ultimately led to it being closed. And hundreds of DNA samples needing to be retested. Mm. I know that's crazy. <laughs> like and especially <laughs> Houston, it's a big city. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, so um Can
1: you imagine how many retestings they I know they say do? hundreds
0: like- and part of me was like, No, it's not hundreds. Like it has to be thousands. It's Houston. Like there's all different kinds of crimes. Well, it's not just murder. It's just like crimes in general. But there's different
1: PDs within Houston. So it could True, be that this one was PD, just one. Yeah. You know, yeah. West. I think it's in West Houston that this happened. Yeah. So it may be a PD just in West Houston. Just over there, yeah, yeah, or
0: whatever lab they use. Yeah. Well, yeah. so um so despite all this, Houston Police Sergeant Billy Belk is still confident on the DNA work done with the samples left by Cheryl's Killer. Um, so, talking about the lab, originally, the DNA was profiled at the DNA lab founded at Baylor College of Medicine mm-hmm. uh, by renowned researcher Dr. C. Thomas Caskey. I'm thinking that's how you say his last name. C-A-S-K-E-Y, Kasky. Caskey. Kasky. Seems yeah. right, yeah. Um, so, at that time, the findings were entered into the state's combined DNA indexing system, uh, also known as CODIS, but no link was ever made to any other crimes, um, after that, the sample was sent by the Houston police department to the Texas department of public safety for comparison, uh, with some other DNA they had that was from a convicted rail riding serial killer named, okay, now I'm sorry if I mess this up, but I think it's Angel Maturino Resendez. She says in white. Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately though, hey, I say that in Texan. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) Unfortunately, though, that did not yield a match. Um, So, in 2004, uh, Belk and members of Cheryl's family met with the Houston police chief, Harold Hurt. The chief approved uh, for all of the DNA samples from possible suspects that had previously been cleared, but through um, this other DNA lab that got closed. Uh, He approved them all to be retested independently.
1: Oh yeah, one of the uh, independent labs ran the DNA and matched it to a uh, rape of an unnamed exotic dancer in June of 2019, which is just two months before the killing.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. There was a composite sketch done, uh, but it was done in 2004 after they re-interviewed the Wait, victim. Wait, like
0: 14 years later?
1: Yeah, right, right. They didn't do it in 20 or in 1990. They did it in in 2004, like way after.
0: But you'd think, like, if someone got raped. And so, obviously, they lived through it. They'd want to know what the suspect looks like.
1: Right. Well, they didn't get the the composite until 2004. I don't know. Okay. But authorities are also looking into genetic genealogy to help solve the murders. What's Uh, that? Well, I'm not exactly sure on the genetic genealogy. They did use it um, to catch the Golden State Killer, which we'll cover in a later episode. Yeah. Um, And as early as 2017, they were looking into familial DNA. Uh, Which lets them track the killer if, like, a close relative, like a mother, sibling, father, even cousins, had DNA entered into CODIS at any time. So if any, well, any close relative uh, gets arrested or, you know, whatever. They'd be able to, like, link it
0: to that lineage at least at some time. Yes, and that
1: was done uh, several years before 2013. They also released a partial, uh, like, FBI profile. Okay. um, Of the murderer. They they think that it's a, a known suspect about the age of the victims, or an unknown, I'm sorry, an unknown suspect about the age of the victims. He has an above average level intelligence, but is a low achiever. And that the so like he's
0: really smart, but doesn't use all his smarts? But doesn't, yeah, yeah, okay. exactly.
1: He just doesn't use it for anything. Yeah. Um, Definitely and, nothing
0: good, you murderer.
1: Exactly, but he can get away with that, right?
0: Um,
1: and that the suspect may have been interviewed by police at one time, which actually there's quite a few murderers. Uh, BTK, uh-huh. he had been Which we're going to cover again, or yes. also. He had been interviewed by multiple uh, police officers before yeah. he was caught. I mean, there were multiple. Well, even
0: like... Um, Sorry about my dogs. Whatchamacallit, the... Oh my gosh, the one that Zach Efron played. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Thank you. Um, Ted Bundy, like, had been pulled over and let go. Like, there's a lot of murders that uh, I've heard of that. Like, oh. even, like, there was one that had a dead girl in his trunk, got pulled over by yeah, police yeah, yeah. and released.
1: Yeah. Who was the, the guy that dressed up as a clown? John Wayne Gacy? Yes. He lit. no, maybe it wasn't John Wayne Gacy. No, I think it, one of them, Ted like, Bundy or John Wayne Gacy? We'll we'll figure this out. Yeah. Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy had actually one of their victims. I think Ted, it, was, it was John Wayne Gacy. He had the head in the car. That's not what I was talking about. Okay, (laughs) we watched too many serial killers. Yeah, Uh, his one of I think it might have been Ted Bundy. uh, One of his victims escaped. The cops found him. And he was telling the cops all about it, and the cops were like, No, 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 that doesn't sound right. I think this is just a gay lover quarrel. And they released him back to the killer. I'm pretty sure it was Ted Bundy. Oh, this my This is gosh. so off topic. We need yeah. to go back. We need to cover Ted Bundy. Yeah. I'm pretty positive. They released him back to him, and then Ted Bundy ended up killing him.
0: What? Wow. Like he got away. A the chances. And there was, anyway. Well, see, there was one, and it might not be John Wayne Gacy. I forgot. I just like, read about it. But there was one where he was like he had been on probation um for like raping and stuff and he actually went for his final like check-in to be released and show he had like been like re civilized or whatever, like rehabilitated, rehabilitated. and all uh-huh. that. Yeah. Um he actually went to it with the woman's head in his trunk. Like the his latest victim. He had more victims after that, but like with his latest victim's head in his trunk. And committing anyway, them. Okay, back so, to Sherilyn and anyway. Yeah. Um so um That's unfortunately kind of like most of the info we have on it. I mean, um, it's still, you know, unsolved. Uh, Over the past 30 years, the police department has continuously gotten calls when an anniversary rolls around or some other type of publicity brings a case back into the public's eye. Uh, Belk, uh, that was a sergeant uh, for the police department, said the case has never gone completely cold. Every year, they get at least one new lead, and he follows up on every single one. Uh, He also said that most investigators have that, you know, quote, one case they can't let go of. And for him, this is the case. He said it's the kind of case everyone remembers. It sticks in your mind.
1: So, uh, actually, going back to the rape tied to the DNA evidence... um, Actually read one interesting fact that may be an amazing coincidence, but I find it hard to believe personally, because it would be like a seriously, like ridiculously amazing coincidence. Yeah. But the rape victim says that she once worked for one of the murder victims. Okay, hold on.
0: I'm going to interrupt you. So this is the rape victim that they linked earlier through the DNA profiling?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, correct. That was
0: like two months before the murder. Yes, in okay. like June,
1: uh, June yeah. 20th of, of 1990. Okay, okay. Right, correct. She worked for Andy Atkinson's dad, Garland Atkinson. Oh, yeah. Um, Andy also worked at uh, Rick's Cabaret, which is a topless bar. And authorities think that the suspect may have worked or frequented one of them because there were uh, the the previous victim was also an exotic dancer at a, another bar that was kind of like Rick's, I guess. Okay. Um, but it's kind of a it's just kind of a coincidence that she worked for his dad, she yeah. ended up raped and he ended up killed Dead. and his girlfriend yeah. raped and killed huh. like
0: well I don't know. Didn't you say um that the rape victim said he was wearing some type of military outfit or security outfit at one point? So
1: she thought that he was in a guard outfit like a guard uniform
0: right like security
1: guard something like that and he said that like during the the whole assault that Uh she was completely oblivious because he was in a military outfit but he told
0: her she was oblivious yes yes but officers
1: think that was just to kind of throw her off his trail yeah um because why
0: would you like be insisting upon someone's being oblivious and this is what i'm wearing like why are you going to be like, I know I don't want you to identify me because I'm raping you, but this is what I'm wearing.
1: Right. And he also, she said he also had like a, a, a very um, like rigid uh, uniform stance, if that makes oh, sense. Like, so like almost maybe like that military of like military or, or some kind of police. law enforcement background. With official
0: training.
1: Exactly. The stance huh. and stuff. So that's kind of like okay, a little, a little weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the maybe he was like a security guard or even, like, police at work security or whatever at one of the nightclubs, Like, either it's Cabaret. Yeah,
1: there are are other women who could have possibly been killed by the same guy. Mainly there was this girl named Tara Breckenridge um, and is theorized by a true crime uh, diva that uh, Tara was ultra a waitress at a men's club in Houston. She disappeared after leaving work about one o'clock in the morning on August fourth, nineteen ninety two. So it was a couple of years after. Okay. Uh, but she was last seen talking to a security guard at the club. Which, huh. if he was, in that security, could have been him.
0: And that's you know, the kind yeah. of person that people are going to trust. I mean, like they're the ones protecting you yeah, while you're you? working, and yeah. so it makes me wonder if, by chance, which I know we don't know. You know, there's no for sure way we would know but if this one uh, this tarot one was linked to it I wonder if there was more because you know he had one two months you know in June of 90 mm-hmm. then August of 90 and then so if they are linked nothing until 92 oh, I yeah. feel like there would be others in between there and unfortunately I know like a lot of especially like the older you get, even these days though, like sex workers, a lot of them, you know, don't have family stuff. Makes me wonder if maybe right. he was.
1: Well, and if you really look into like um, like FBI um, profiling and stuff like that, there's almost always an escalation. So yeah, if, if this girl that worked at Gigi's or whatever was the first rape, but there was no real, um, he didn't like even satisfaction. like try to strangle her or anything like that. Yeah, and then say the next murder two months later was. Uh, uh, a couple and uh, he ended up killing the woman. Like, that's an escalation, you know? Yeah. So it would be hard to think that, like, if they are tied together, that he would just stop after, like, okay, there was just a rape and then there was obvious escalation. Yeah. To murder, that he would just stop after that. Yeah. That's really. Hmm. I think that's a stretch. That's hard to believe.
0: Yeah. So. Especially where, like, two years later this one was killed. It's not even like she just went missing and we haven't found her or anything like that. Right. Like she was killed. So if they are connected, he obviously wanted to keep killing. Yeah. So
1: agreed. Uh, well but the escalation, I feel like the escalation there would be like killing and hiding the body. You know what I mean? So yeah. it could still be yeah.
0: Anyway. yeah.
1: Uh well um so I mean that's basically
0: what we have um on this and you know some of the cases that might be linked that that um other Um, one that was linked actually, you know, actually linked via the DNA, that other rape. And then this Mm -hmm. one that was kind of the same situation, um, with it being like at a nightclub and she was talking to a security guard, all that. Um, so, um, once we get our Facebook page up and running, we are going to post pictures of different things that we've talked about. One of them will be the note, um, Mm -hmm. a copy of the note that was received uh, by the police department. Uh, so we, we got would, the 1990
1: aerial photo of yeah, the cul-de-sac too. Yep. So that'll be cool.
0: Yeah. And with the note, if you read it, you recognize the writing. You've ever seen it. You you know recognize anything. Um, we would just urge you to contact Sergeant Belk with the Houston Police Department. Uh, he would be at seven one three three zero eight thirty six hundred or Crime Stoppers at seven one three. Two two two, tips. That's seven one three two 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 eight four seven seven.
1: Yeah, this one I feel like kind of hits a little bit close to home. Um, I, I feel like I can relate a little bit. I'm I'm one of six kids, which Cheryl was also the oldest of six. I'm not the oldest; I have two older brothers, but I'm the oldest girl. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, Cheryl's mother actually says that like having five other kids is what kept her alive after hearing about Cheryl's death.
0: I can imagine, like, I mean, I've thought about that with my kids. Like, if mm-hmm. one of my kids, something were to happen, like, so much of me wouldn't even want to continue. But you have no choice. I have other kids. Like, right. I have to be there for so, them. So, like, the,
1: the least we can do, if, if anybody knows anything, is just give call. her some kind of closure. Yeah. Give her some kind of
0: Call the police. Some kind of Don't answers. be part of the bystander effect, where you just assume someone else will call. If you ever see anything, call.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think that sometimes that's the that's the worst thing that... That people can do is just
0: just be part of the bystander. By. Like that's an actual
1: thing. Right.
0: Sometime we'll have to do. It'll be way later, but we'll do an episode on um, the bystander effect, so yep. people can kind of see what that is and bring light to it. That like you should never be a part of that. It right. never hurts to have two people call the police instead of one if you see something. Like absolutely. Don't just assume someone else will call because if everyone assumes someone else will call, no Nobody one will call. will call. Yeah, absolutely. So if you ever know anything, not just about this one, about but about any of anything.
1: Yeah, um, Make
0: sure you call. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we're just going to go ahead and wrap this up. This one that we're starting with is going to be a uh, mini episode. Um, mm-hmm. We will try to have, um, you know, kind of rotate between mini episodes that are going to be about 30, 45 minutes. And then like full episodes that will be anywhere from, you know, an hour, an hour 15, hour and a half. Yeah, Um, Eventually, maybe we can, you know, get popular enough, hint, hint, um, (laughs) to be able to do like two episodes a week or three episodes a week and, you know, do um, a full length mini episode and maybe like a special request episode or you know an episode where people just tell us their own stories or whatever absolutely um so yeah so that was a crazy um sad story luckily not too incredibly gruesome at least not with the information we have and all Mm -hmm. um but yeah the sad story of cheryl henry and andy atkinson
1: uh thank y'all for joining us and we hope you join us next week for another interesting podcast
0: Let us know what y'all think and be on the lookout for our new Facebook page starting soon.
1: And remember, the the more more y'all know...